On this edition of the Table of Content, we are joined by T.M. Gawet, a Catholic writer, blogger, and author who has a focus for teen literature. We'll talk with her about why this is her focus and why she thinks this is important. Stay tuned. That's coming up next right here on the Table of Content. Thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of The Table of Content. I am your host, Albert Sines. Always glad to have you on board for another episode. And we are joined today by T.M. Gowett, an author, a writer, a blogger. And I uh, can't wait to kind of dig in more to uh, who she is and what she does. But uh, first, let me thank her for joining us. T.M., thanks for being with us. Thank you, Albert, for having me. Super, super. I'm so glad. And uh, I, I really want to get into this conversation. But uh, I'd like for you to have an opportunity to give our listeners a little bit of background on who you are, what you do, where you kind of came from, and how you ended up uh, kind of where you are right now. So if you can find a brief synopsis, uh, I'd love to hear about it. Well, um, where do I start? Okay, so I was born in Africa, and I grew up in London, and then came to the United States, where I went to college and uh, started living here, uh, got married, have four children. Yes, I homeschool. Uh, we also live on a little farmstead here, so we have goats and chickens. And I also write Catholic fiction for teens. Well, that's a really good, <laughs> I mean, that was great. That was super. I don't think you went over 40 seconds. That's no. uh, fantastic. But uh, I've got to try and open that up just a little bit. So okay. you're... You were born in Africa and then ended up all the way over in the United States. So, uh, how how from how did you get from Africa to here? Well, that would not have been me personally. Um, oh, that, okay. That, that travel that would have been my my parents. Got it. <laughs> um, I was my parents lived in Africa when I, where I was born. My sister and I were born there, and uh, they we moved from there when from a, at a very young age. I was about four years old when my parents actually divorced and my mother. Uh, moved to England. And we lived there until I was, uh, I think, about 2021. 20, and uh, I moved here to New Hampshire to go to college. I went to St. Anselm College uh, here in, um, uh, in uh, Goffstown or Manchester. And um, my mother uh, stayed in London and actually since then has moved to New Zealand. So my sister is also in New Zealand too, but I'm here now where after college I started working and uh, just basically just ended up living here, became a citizen in 2012, and everything is pretty much history. Okay. Well, all right. Well, I, I appreciate kind of taking us on the world map of <laughs> TM's life from Africa to here. Um, now, you said that uh, you got into your sort of work, but you are you're a writer and an author, um, and I sort of nodded to in the intro that you have a real particular type of focus. Can you uh, can you expand upon where you really focus your writing on? Yes. So when I started writing uh, years ago, my first book uh, that I was published in 2012 was The Destiny of Sunshine Ranch. And that was uh, for young teens, um, middle schoolers um, to young adults. And uh, around that time or prior to that time, I wrote for all different ages. I wrote, you know, for children. I wrote uh, uh, stories for parents, for their babies, and so on and so forth. But I really 
uh, I think I became more connected to writing for teens because when I was a teen, I remember, you know, the struggles that I went through as a teenager um, and, you know, trying to connect and, and just understand the world that I was living in. And I just, I think I really connected to that moment and wanted to write for that demographic for teens and young adults who needed some help um, in their you know their their lives needed help through their struggles uh, needed guidance towards their faith because I honestly feel that the teenage years are extremely confusing um, we often oh I remember at that time dealing with contradicting emotions from day to day you know dealing with physical and hormonal changes and friends and uh, but basically a lot of um, conflicting emotions and oftentimes the media uh, helps us connect or cling to something that's comforting and I just felt that writing for that age group I could offer them something that would guide them in a better direction lead them towards a, a more faith-filled um, faith-filled life but you know and, and let me play the other side here but aren't there already plenty of teen books, you know, aren't there, isn't there plenty of books for them to get their hands on? Why, why, why take up the mantle yourself, you know, when there's already kind of stores full of teen novels? There are, there are lots of teen novels out there. And, you know, as a, as a parent, I think it began when I, I was pregnant and um, thinking about what it would be like to try and bring up a child and try and guide them in the right direction. You know, there are a lot of books out there, but not all of them. Um, in fact, at that time, there weren't many of them that I felt were appropriate for our children. There are a lot of secular books out there. And even remembering my childhood and 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 my upbringing, one of the things I loved to do was to read. And I read a lot when I was a child. I loved to read. I was constantly reading. I'd read on the way to school while my sister was guiding me along the road. Um but I didn't read a lot of good stuff, you know, and I feel that at that age, because you are going through um, a lot of struggle, a lot of questioning, you know, you accept what feels good at the time. And if you're not reading the right things, then you can probably end up accepting things that go against uh, go against morality or, you know, I don't want to go and dig too deep in, into some of the things that, sure, that sure. you can find in these books. I don't think it's absolutely necessary to do that. I think a lot of people already understand that. So I just feel that there isn't enough out there that guides a child or guides a teen or a young adult uh, along the right path that will lead them to salvation, that will lead them to uh, being a better person or uh, living a moral life. So I felt that 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 was lacking, that, you know, we had a lot of nice Catholic classic books out there that a lot of, you know, uh, that we often lean upon. But there wasn't anything I felt at least at the time, contemporary fiction or fiction from uh, newer fiction that that parents could rely on and that they could trust and that they could give to their children, uh, which would, uh, you know, help them and encourage them in their faith. You know, I feel Catholic fiction is extremely beneficial because it counteracts that secular or anti-Christian fiction, you know, giving it a godlier perspective. And it also teaches the Catholic faith in a natural way so we can see a character's living in a Catholic situation or just living in the world, but needing to um, instill their faith in their lives. And that's not an easy thing to do. A lot of kids don't understand what that means. Right, right. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it's 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 one thing to just sort of go up to any person, but, like, you know, it's one thing to go up to a teen and say, 
hey, you should be, you know, you should be following the commandments. You should be doing what the Lord tells you to do. You should be living a moral life, you know, on and on and on. And they sort of stare at you blankly and say, why? Why do I have to do all these things? It sounds terrible and boring. And I'm just going to go out and do my own thing versus what you're doing. And what I think other authors in your position are trying to do is, okay, let's make the faith something that people can actually relate to instead of just giving them a list of do's and don'ts. Let's say, let's make a story. Let's make it relational. Let's actually sort of, let's relate to real problems that teens and young adults are going through. Because I think it's really easy sometimes to sort of go surface level and not really tackle some of those issues, which are very real to teenagers. But no one wants to talk to them about it because they're kind of thinking, oh, well, that's that's kind of, you know, hocus pocus stuff. And that's that's too dark to talk about. We'll wait until you're older to talk about it. In the meanwhile, the teens, the young adults, they're learning from their friends. They're learning from the media. They're learning from everyone else. But they have no good guide, as you were trying to say. But a book like this has such potential to say, okay, here is the important things I was trying to tell you, but let's let's lay it on a little bit easier, but still get into some of these topics that are really important and really, really ne- uh, necessary to talk about, because a lot of times these discussions just don't happen. So I think it's good that providing a fiction book is a good way to make some of these necessary conversations happen. Exactly. And, you know, as a parent of a teen or a young adult, you know, they don't want to hear us. They don't, you know, I remember as a, as being that age, not wanting to hear what my, my mother had to say, because oftentimes you get to that point and all of a sudden you're smarter than your parents. Oh right? yeah. So you don't want to hear anything they have to say. You roll your eyes and you're like, whatever, you know, and it doesn't sound like fun. It doesn't sound like a faith filled life. It doesn't sound very fun, especially when you don't even understand what that means. And, you know, oftentimes, and sadly, I mean, we, we live in a world where a lot of even Catholics don't even understand their own faith. So, you know, this is something that I think that is really fundamental and really important um, that, you know, it, the, the, the Catholic fiction, when you bring them a story, and we all know that Jesus talked in parables, and he talked in parables so that people can understand what the teachings were by relating themselves to certain situations. And stories are those. Those are parables um, and teens can hopefully see themselves in some of the characters uh, and, and that they're so great in teaching social situations without feeling preachy, especially if you have a great, you know, Catholic story that really gets a teen into a situation, really gets them into the storyline, into the plot and gets them connected with characters and they can see themselves in those characters. And it's a really great way to, to begin dis- discussions, like you said, because a teen can talk to a parent about a book and in a, in a way kind of bring themselves into it without pointing directly to themselves. They can talk right, to their parents right. about certain issues. They can talk to them about bullying or faith struggles or theology of the body or dating through characters. And it's easier to talk through a character because it's not personal. And then you can say whatever you want. Your teen can speak freely. You can respond freely because they're not, con- you know, you're not talking directly to them and saying, well, you have to live in this certain way. And, we've, mm-hmm. and, and, that, and that's the thing you're trying to avoid through fiction is to have this preachy, you must do this. It's rather an opportunity to show them how you live in the world without 
being in the world without but without picking up the 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 habits of the world which is what we're not supposed to do and and you know and and I think that's important because you know I think that stories books especially if they're well written and they're engaging they can inspire their readers to sort of either side uh, I I would you know, I can't say I've done any scientific statistical studies, but it seems fair to say that some of the other teen books that are out there that are full of a lot of the immorality that we don't want our teens exposed to could be very inspirational to them in that way. And he's like, well, we, we do need that counterbalance. We need something on the other side to say, OK, look, that that may be an option, but I have an option, too. And it's a it's a whole lot better. Uh, so a really good book can really engage the person. So I think if you can get a book like this, that's really well written into the hands of a young person, you, you stand a good chance to inspire them to think about the life choices that they're making. Yes. And it's not, you know, it's not just putting them in these situations. You know, a lot of parents, uh, struggle with trying to show their or, or prepare their children for the world and you don't want to drop them in Vegas and say well here you go right, <laughs> right. so there has to be a way that can, can be done where they can kind of get an idea of how to deal with the world and live in the world and be in the world without actually being uh, you know soiled by the world or tainted by the world I always say to my kids I'm not trying to sp- spoil your fun I'm just trying to save your soul you know yeah. there's only so much you can Amen. do but the other thing also about the, the, the fiction is that, that they, they, it gives you an opportunity of, to see what a role model is. We all know the kind of role models, you know, children are up against now. You know, we've seen them. I don't, again, I don't need to elaborate on certain, you know, uh, sports figures or musicians or we see them around us. And there's a lot of bad role models that our children are aspiring, aspiring to. Sure. And these books, you know, great books that can really pull our children in can offer them positive role models and not just role models of the type of people they should choose as friends or people that they should hang out with. But also, more importantly, I feel they offer role models of how you should be, how what you can give your friends, what kind of person you can be. So, you know, I remember um, someone who had written, read one of my books who had said, oh my gosh, I wish I had known friends like this and the kind of people I can hang out with. I didn't know anyone like this, but then you can be that person instead. And you can be that person for someone else out there who maybe needs you. So it's an opportunity to not only, um, show you the kind of person you can be that God wants you to be, or the kind of person that you should hang out with, but also how, how to be that kind of person in an, a flawed world. And when we're not all saints, we are supposed to strive to be saints. That's our objective. And yeah, we fall. Yeah, we, you know, uh, uh, we struggle. And there are characters in my stories that do fall, who try to be saints and fall. But we just should come away always recognizing that Christ is merciful and that he's provided us a way, you know, through reconciliation, penance, to try again to do better and to to be to be better and to strive to be the saints that that you know God wants us to be. And I'm I'm so glad that you made that point. I'm so glad that it's not just about uh, making a decision from a story to sort of uh, do what's good, to do what's moral, to do what's right, but it's also about trying to inspire the person, the reader, to be that good person to be that person striving for saintliness, that person striving to get up every day and do what's good and to be that person for others. Because I I think that's sort of a chain reaction. And 
when we can see in ourselves, hey, I can be that person. I can be like that. I want to be like this character. I think you you sort of, uh, for a lack of better analogy, you sort of you light a you light a fuse, and it goes off to the next one, and hopefully it kind of continues on. You know, e- e- even if all they can do is say, hey, you know, to their friend, you know, hey, I just read this book. I think you should read it. I think it'd be really awesome. Exactly. Uh, you know, so then that person hopefully maybe has a thought, and they're saying, wow, this is actually a good, you know, good read, and I can talk to my friend about it more. We can expand upon these topics, or I can work on being that person myself. So I, I'm just I'm glad about that point. Trying to create. Uh, a desire to want to be a better person for the people around uh, around them. Yes. And, and, you know, oftentimes we don't see that. We don't even see that in our real lives. It's not often. I mean, if you think about the friends that you have as an adult or even for your kids to have, how many friends do they have and how many of those friends would you consider to be really positive role models for them? Mm-hmm. And there aren't that many. And that, you know, I feel that 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 the percentage of that and even the entire you know, country or the entire world is very minimal compared to what, what it should be like. So it's, it has to start somewhere. And if it can't start with a, you know, one of your friends, if your, your child or your teen or you yourself don't have someone in your life, that is that light, then it's up to us to be that light. You know, we have to, we have to start somewhere. And, 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 you know, if you're not sure how to do that, then hopefully this fiction and these stories and these characters can, can guide you and show you how to, how to at least start being that. So TM, let's uh, let's try here in the last kind of part of the show to see if we can uh, perhaps entice the listeners to maybe want to pick up some of the books that you've uh, written. Let's uh, see if we can maybe just sort of give uh, some brief synopsis here of a couple of stories that I know I was interested in from a topic standpoint. Um, you have a series called the faith and kung fu series is that is that right yes and they follow a young man named gabriel right Mm -hmm. and he's a he's a young man a christian he happens to like kung fu and martial arts uh and he has encounters in his own life uh which sort of test him but also he's that potential character to inspire others uh can, can you talk a little bit more about this series yeah, so this uh, series is uh, so far. It's, there's three books, and I'm working on the last book in the series this year. And yes, it's the Faith in Kung Fu series, and uh, it's basically the Kung Fu is 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 important to the series not only because you know Gabriel is not only strong in his faith but loves to do Kung Fu and is really very good at it. But the reason I pick Kung Fu is because Kung Fu is um, is, is a concept. It's a skill. It's not so much a, a martial art as a skill or a, a way of achieving uh, perfection through dedication and hard work. So it's a way of studying and learning and practicing and patience and energy and all these things that are part of Kung Fu is part of what Gabriel uses in his faith as well. So it's kind of a reflection. So the discipline and the virtues fostered through his pursuit of excellent in, excellence in Kung Fu kind of translate to his spiritual life. And he uses it um, oftentimes to get closer to God. So if he's angry or frustrated or gets, you know, needs to calm down a little bit, he uses that to calm him down. So he's in the right mindset for prayer and so on and so forth, which is really important for all of us. I think we have to find something, you know, that, that we can, uh, used to bring us closer to God, to bring us, to unite us in prayer and meditation. So you'll have uh, moments in some of the stories on where where he uses Kung Fu to 
bring himself closer to God and in in um, other ways bring Tanner Rose, who is this Hollywood starlet that he meets in the first story, bring her closer to to God because she struggles. She's she's from Hollywood. She's a starlet living the life. And unfortunately, she's been tainted with her fame, with drugs and alcohol and so on and so forth. And she's been brought to his house through by her mother to stay with Gabriel and his mother so that she can, you know, get in the right mindset. So she's ready for her next role kind of thing. And so you have these two different, complete opposite people. You've got Tana Rose, who's all of the world. She's just all about it and riches and fame. And then you've got Gabriel, who's completely indifferent to those things, who's 100% dedicated to his faith, to his mother taking care of her. And they clash, you know, how seeing the, the two of those characters come together and just butt heads is interesting, but also it shows how Gabriel has to open up and be more compassionate and more patient and use the the um the tools of kung fu to open up and 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 be more um loving towards tana rose in a way that brings her closer to god and the sort the series has tana in the first one and then brings some other characters in the second one she comes back in the third and it's just how gabriel uh, is trying to survive in this world and he also is dealing with emotions and struggles and and personal conflicts that he needs to get through. In fact, he thinks he he should be a priest because it will bring because he's afraid of the world because it might taint him, may turn him because he sees take you know Tana Rose and what she's going through. So it's a lot. There's a lot of conflict, emotional conflict, and you know, a lot of character conflicts and stuff going on in those three stories. Sure, but um, I mean that, that's 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 important. I mean that's that's a real teenager's life conflict mm-hmm. uh lots of struggles lots of questions lots of i don't know what to do's lots of exactly. thoughts on the future uh who am i going to be so yeah it sounds definitely like a series that really is uh is is putting a a, a good perspective on the what we call i guess we could call the 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 teenage struggle the teenage drama um yeah. Because I think a lot of the young adult stories tend to just go ahead and they make the main protagonist, you know, just one way and they just sort of go with it. They're like, you know, they, you know, they might be struggling with something, but it's just who they are. There's not really a sense of redemption in the story. We're just going to ride these uh, flaws that this character has been created with. And that's just going to be who they are instead of, well, can we have a, a... a sense that the, the character is looking for redemption, that they're looking for something greater versus just, well, let's just, let's monopolize on these really dark things or these struggles or these immoral things just so we can sell a book and say that, you know, look, we're a New York Times bestseller. Uh, teen, teens love our books. Yeah, but it's full of, it's, it's just full yeah. of stuff that we don't want to, we don't want our kids to read. So I yeah. I appreciate that these this this series the Faith and Kung Fu series sounds like it's a real this is this is this is a real teenager's life. Yeah, and you know Gabriel also deals with other characters in there. You know, in in, in the first story we have Tana Rose, but in the second story in Saving Faith we have Christian and then his friend Faith. So we've got Christian, who's this bad boy who comes into Faith's life and Faith is supposed to be this really godly girl who's a friend of Gabriel's and then she slowly turns away from the Faith because, you know, it's boring 
and she wants to have more excitement and she wants to meet this guy who's really cool and blah, blah, blah. And then so you deal with those dynamics and she starts hanging out with the wrong crowd because she just feels like her, you know, Christian friends are just too boring. And then in the third story, we meet Aaron and Aaron is what is being bullied in school. And he's struggling and angry about what he's he's uh, going through, and he wants to learn kung fu so he can beat the you know out of yep, <laughs> out yep, of his bully. Yep, and and, and Gabriel has to come in in all these situations and use and try and help all these people. But again, he's also got his his other struggles. So there's a lot of dynamics going on and a lot of up and downs. And you know, I uh, but I, I I just feel like yeah, like you said, that's a that's a teen's life. It's a lot very emotional. Um, but then uh, other than the Kung Fu series, I have my first story, which is the foster care story, the middle school one. And that's just about a young boy, Benedict, who um, finds himself in another foster care situation. It's a home foster care where the parents, uh, Marie, uh, Martha, sorry, I can't remember my own character's names. <laughs> uh, Martha okay. and David are very strong in their faith. And so they, the parents, are having to deal with these children who have all come from different backgrounds, who have dealt with a lot of struggles, a lot of hardships, a lot of sadness. And they're trying to um, hold these children together and show them that there is a brighter future and that they don't need to use their past adversity uh to move forward, that they can put that behind them without having to forget it, but use it to strengthen them in the future. And then um, uh, another story is uh, for Eden's sake, and this is the one that actually received the first first place aw- uh, CPA award uh, last year uh, for books for young adults. And this is a pro-life story about a young man who uh, who gets into makes a mistake, meets a girl um, after having a few drinks at a bar one night, which is totally outside of what he usually is. I mean, he this is he's a good Christian boy. And one day he goes out, hangs out with his friends, gets drunk, meets a girl he thinks really is really pretty and goes home with her. And then, you know, weeks later, months, a uh, few months later, she contacts him saying that she's pregnant. And then we're dealing with this. He's Christian and very pro-life and she's, I got to get on with my life. I can't have this. My dad's going to be mad at me. I got to get rid of this kid. And then you've got these dynamics going on and what happens with that. Um, and that's a really, really tough subject to, to, to discuss. Um, but it shows the two sides, the pro-life side and the pro-choice side and how, how those dynamics come together. And um, Well, that, I mean, that, that, is, that is sort of, you know, one of those... That is sort of the hot topic, right? I mean, that is yes. uh, the ongoing battle, and it's you know to not shy away from it, uh, and to sort of give light to the situation, and to make it sort of real, and to come at it from the angle of faith versus normal secular Hollywood, which tends to just sort of play it off as just a choice, you know, mm-hmm. and exactly. really sort of gives no respect to the life. It, it's it's a very necessary, uh, I would say, book to open up that conversation. It is. And I think the biggest thing about this story is that it's primarily from the male's point of view. And you always have, you know, a lot of pro-choice uh, folks saying men should have nothing to do with this. You know, mm-hmm. this is a woman's thing. It's a right. woman's body. It's got nothing to do with him. And yet the baby is part his. You know, he, he's, he's, the baby's made partly from him. And so it's just this, it's, it's a ridiculous argument. Men love babies too. And what do you do? I mean, the whole point of the story was uh, founded upon the idea that what does a man do when he has a baby that he, it's almost like he has no control over? It's his own child. What does he do? 
And um, I think that it's a really important message because men really need to speak up more and they need to take more control of these situations. And it's not an easy one because they have been pushed out. But this is a story from their point to show that, you know, that they that they have a voice and they need to be heard um, as well. So, you know, Isaac, the character in this story, has to figure out what he's going to do. He's dealing with this belligerent girl who basically is telling him, well, if you're not going to help me, I'm going to figure out a way to do it. And he's he's got to be patient. He's got to be kind. He's got to be loving because she could just go out at any moment and get, get it done, you know. Right. Um, so he has to find a way to kind of, you know, plead with her and 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 try and get her to understand what he's going through. And it's not it's not easy, but, you know... Uh, but he has to do it. And I, I do have a, a novella, which I wrote last year as well, called um, Shadow Stalker. And Shadow Stalker is about one day, you know, the, the world wakes up to, with these people just trying to basically hurt themselves. And, and it's almost like they've gone crazy. And base, uh, this the main character has to try and find out what's going on and where it's all coming from and why they're all acting this way. And it's, it's, it's a thriller. And so it's, I don't want to go too much into it because it's a short story and there's not much to it, but it's sure. kind of like, he's got to figure out why all these people are behaving this way. All of a sudden they're all going to churches. They're all, you know, looking for reconciliation. Some of them aren't even bothering. They're all just, it's just pretty, pretty much chaos. And, um, he's trying to figure out why this is happening. Well, definitely a lot, uh, a lot of options there from, yes. uh, from that have come out from your mind out to the pen or typewriter or computer, whatever it is that you use as your medium. So definitely a lot, a lot there. Jesus is my medium. <laughs> Jesus is the medium. Yes. Yes. Now, uh, before we lose time, uh, we wanted to talk about uh, how people can track down your books, but not just your books, because you were telling me there's a website where there it is focused on Catholic teen books. And appropriately, the website is called catholicteenbooks.com. Can you give us just a little bit about that before we got to uh, wrap it up? Yes, absolutely. Real quick. Um, Catholic Teen Books is, I'm actually a member of the group where we have uh, tons of books uh, featured on our website and all these books have been vetted so parents can be confident that their children are reading wholesome and godly books they're all fantastic stories all different genres we have a bunch of different authors that specialize in different genres so we have you know historical fiction susan peak does a lot of that we have uh, leslie wall doing romances we have um corinna turner doing a lot of dystopian stuff uh, Teresa Linden does contemporary stuff as well. And there's a lot, other, lot of other authors on there. And the reason why I want to mention it is because I kind of specialize in contemporary fiction, but there is so much out there for Catholic fiction. And there, and I feel that this website, uh, it's currently growing, we're getting more and more books on it. And it's such a great resource for Catholic parents who are looking for wholesome, uh, exciting um, adventurous stories that they can you know, get for their kids that also promote the faith and uh, strengthen the faith and guide, and hopefully guide their teens into a more fruitful, more um, uh, godly uh, environment that kind of, you know, gives them the idea of what it, what it means to live in the world, but not being of the world. Well, there it is, ladies and gentlemen, a website dedicated to Catholic fiction, uh, Catholic teen fiction, all genres, all styles, it sounds like, and it's growing. So if you are looking for a resource for good literature 
uh, good Christian vetted literature uh, by authors who are dedicated to this, please go to catholicteenbooks.com and see what they have uh, uh, for choices. Uh, TM, thanks so much for taking some time to be with us on the show. Very, very glad to have you. Thank you so much for having me. And 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 also, thanks for the work that you are doing. I believe it's sorely needed. I think uh, all the avenues of media need uh, they need sort of a uh, a a revival. Uh, they you know books, uh, music, movies, shows. They could stand to have a a, a great change uh, in what from what they are to what they could be. So thank you for the part that you are playing in that. Thank you so much. And thank you for everything you do too. Very welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, again, uh, catholicteambooks.com. TM Gowett has a website that'll be linked on the YouTube uh, version of this. So if you want to go to her website to find out more about her and her books, I'll have that link as well as the catholicteambooks.com. Uh, Thanks so much for tuning in, and we look forward to you joining us again for the next episode of The Table of Content. Until then, be good, stay safe, peace.